Welcome to the Light Lounge. This is Thomas. I'm a lighting designer in New York City. And I'm jumping right in here because I am on fire. I speak with this week Isabel Sanchez Savellano. Uh, she's an amazing lighting designer, award winning lighting designer, I need to say. Uh, she did an amazing project. Um, here in New York for the Metropolitan Museum of Art, worked with uh, OMA together, with Darker Ingalls Group and all the big, big names in the industry. Now she is back in Spain and she is pursuing um, her own practice, her own business, and she's looking for different opportunities. How she ended up being in New York, working for these big architects and what she's up to now in her own business situation. However, this is what we will talk about. Um, I'm very, very excited and I speak to you at the end with a very special announcement. So stick through and I speak to you at the end. Enjoy, guys. Welcome everyone to this week's Light Lounge. I am, as always, very excited because I have a very, very special guest today on the show or in the conversation, um, Isabel Sanchez Sevillano. And she probably will correct me in a second um, with her much better um, original um, accent. But first of all, Isa, how are you today? Hi, Thomas. Good. Great. Now you did it really good. Okay. Perfect accent. Excellent. Um, so uh, we met, um, I think we saw each other like the, the last time, probably like half a year, a year ago uh, in New York. Um, and uh, this is, of course, the place where we met. Um, but yeah. maybe I think your, your story is, I think, very interesting because you are yeah, a very, very capable lighting designer and uh, architect. But what was your... What was your First moment where you thought, okay, lighting or the creative field could be something interesting. Would you be able to share a little bit the first steps and how how did you end up being there, what you are right now, and who are you? Um, okay, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I started uh, studying architecture, yes, because uh, I was always in love with the design part of architecture. And um, in Spain, you don't have any other brands like, you know, you have in other countries that uh, they are like uh, recognized, like interior designs or other kind of designs. Okay. Um, so, I don't know, I study architecture was like the better thing to do, to study. So, so I mean, at the end, I love it. In Spain, it's really hard to study architecture. It's a really tough um degree to get because so, because it's so challenging or it's very challenging and then uh, you have all, all the technical parts well mm -hmm. like structures and all that like very very technical mm -hmm. so like let's say that design is just 50 percent of it and then the other 50 is is very complicated kind of engineer uh okay uh, great so so when I finished, to be honest, uh, it was like when the crisis was starting in Europe. Mm -hmm. It was a really bad time to to get a job as an architect. So I thought that it was the perfect moment to study something more. And I was always very interested in lighting. Mm -hmm. And I we touched a little bit when I was studying architecture, 
but not enough. But it was enough to 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 let me think more about it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, I love lighting, but I don't know lighting. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to know more, to learn more about lighting. So what I finished, I just applied to the Parsons program because I was looking for the best school to study and, and um, also Parsons, Parsons being in New York, you know, being such a New York as not only like big city, but I thought uh, that lighting was really important in New York. So even thinking on the professional path, you know, I thought like being in New York, it was going to be a good place to, to start and mm-hmm. to be. Um, so that's when I moved to New York and started studying that person's uh, lighting. And um, What year was it? I always thought lighting was like complementary to architecture. Mm-hmm. And at uh, the beginning, it was very shock, shocking to me that uh, there were a lot of students at Parsons <laughs> that they didn't have any design background. And I thought that that was so brave, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, maybe without having some kind of knowledge of design, starting with lighting, you know, it's kind of uh, that's, a hard one. Uh, that's, that's uh, I think it's a similar observation that I have from, from Germany, where everyone so we had the diploma quite long and then bachelor the the bachelor and the master concept was introduced quite recently um but the they were all still very straight in their lines whereas in in new york or the us maybe new york more it's like an interchangeable thing like someone from google would come and yeah so i had the same i had the same observation yeah so i think at the end it's like I think it, it was now that I'm in Europe and I'm seeing that, you know, the practice is not like that. I think that at the end of the day, the weight that is there is being more rich because mm-hmm. you get inputs of people that comes from other kind of backgrounds. Yeah. And they have another point of view, even from the design, you know, the basics of design. Yeah. The, maybe for them, the design is more free, you know, because maybe they don't mm. have any that kind of knowledge that they put you in school, you know, and then uh, and now you can say, oh, this is Bauhaus style, this is whatever, and you have those reference. Right. But people who start designing from scratch, you know, without having those reference, sometimes is more like fresh or, you know, it's another point of view that yeah. I think is, at the end of the day, you know, it's, I think it's very rich to, to work with that kind of people. Absolutely. And I think a lot of design firms, like, I think um, just picking at one, like just Bjarke Ingels, like his, yeah. like big, it's just like, it's so large. I think they have like four or 500 people, if not more. Yeah. But one of their key points, what they put a lot of attention to is that there, there is a diversity of a lot of different countries and that even just by culture, um, and I, that, that I think was very similar to Parsons as well, that there were so many people from around the world. And that's, of course, in New York as well. But the more diverse the, the design team, the more interesting the the outcome or the design actually might be. One question, uh, at what time, how old have you been when you came to New York? What year was it? Uh, it was 2012. Mm-hmm. So I was 29. Got it. Okay. When I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And after your program, you stayed, so you're an architect, but you went into lighting and you studied lighting. Yeah, I was a licensed architect here in Spain. Uh-huh. 
um, and then we moved to New York. And uh, well, probably a lot of people who's listening to this knows about it. Maybe other people doesn't know about this. But when you get to to study in the U.S., you get your student visa, and then they give you like one year of OPT mm-hmm. that is optional practice training or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that's really good because, you know, it gave you the option to stay one year and it gave also the companies the option to hire someone one year yeah. without doing a work visa that right. is more complicated to get. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, I, I was just like crying, right? I was like, oh, yeah, I can stay one more year. Let's see how it works. And, um, you know, that the light industry in, this, in New York is very big, extensive, you mm-hmm. know, you have a lot of studios and really good ones Yeah, working in New York. So I think like being part of the lighting community before finishing, that is something that the person gave you is very interesting because you, you know already the studios, you know already the people, you know sometimes how they work. And then you can start thinking if you will fit in there or not, or if you want to work with someone or, you know, you, you yeah. already have kind of some clues. A, go- you... a good understanding. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So then when I finished, I did a few interviews uh, to places that I, apply, that, that I applied because I wanted to work there. I got some job offers and at the end, I... I ended up working with Dot Bash. Uh huh. Um, that is a small company, but now it's growing a lot. Now they're doing great. But when I met them, it was Christopher Chip and Brand Chip that they're brothers. So I thought that you know I, there was something of I don't know how to call it of chemistry or something. You know when you met someone and you know that it will that you will fit and I don't know. For me, it was like the best interview that I had, but not because of me. I, I think it was because it was meant to be kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, when, when they make me the offer, even if I, I mean, I had other offers, but uh, I was like, oh, yeah, this is where I want to start. You know, this is the people who I want to start because it was a new company and uh, there was a lot of uh, like new things for everybody. You know, we and we were I think we were not a afraid of doing anything mm-hmm. because you don't have a name behind you you know yeah you're not one of the big ones so you can try and do whatever yeah and if it works it works and if it doesn't work you know it doesn't really happen anything and at the end of the day i think we were like lucky and good enough to do the things right and um work with really good clients you were mentioning Big before. We work with Big, right? Uh, we work with OMA, and we and we work with a lot of other like small firms, but they were like really cool projects to mm-hmm. work with. So, so yeah, being a small, I think, gave you more flexibility of choosing the path that you want to take. You know, it's not like you already. I don't want to say names because they are all great, you know, but you 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 don't have a name 
already in the industry so you can try and do it's um it's quite it's quite funny i was uh, i'm reading from ogilvy um he's an advertising guy and i'm reading his book um how he is describing the advertising world and how big clients hire um small um agencies creative agencies mm -hmm. and they are called uh, i think black horse agencies because they are maybe smaller and there's exactly this kind of spirit that you just described of um, not having any established path and being in the uh, yeah in the spirit to discover something new and be therefore more brave and find different solutions that the established companies potentially don't find at the beginning or in 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 that stage so yeah i um i completely understand one project that uh, one project that i uh, what I was super fascinated about, and that's why um, I think you are super interesting for the listeners here as well, or in general for the lighting design community, was uh, a project that happened uh, two years ago where I thought uh, that was absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, it was the uh, the Manus Ex Machina exhibition. Um, uh, I think, was it Fashion in Age of Technology? Is this the, the title of the... Um, Uh, of the exhibition, the exhibition title was just like Manus Ex Machina, right? Manus, yeah. And it was, um, uh, and it was uh, in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and the architect was was Ohm A, and the project was just like I don't know, it was so dynamic, sparkling, and you would see all these beautiful dresses um, in 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 a beautiful curated exhibition of old dresses of the old masters. Uh, beautiful fabrics, colors, and yeah, what one thing that was so okay. Now I'm giving a lot of information ahead here, but um, <laughs> what was so amazing was that you had like eight weeks time to develop like a concept, and I I just have so many questions where to start and and how yeah. to do it, and <laughs> what was the challenge? What was how? Can you explain a little bit how 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 it started and how you approached a super fast paced project and then ending up with a with a very very good budget uh, in terms of um, being very conscious about spending and how please <laughs> <laughs> where to start <laughs> well the thing is like I think it was a really fun uh, project to work with because. Knowing that you have a deadline, you know, that you have really to be that deadline because it's when they do this amazing gala that all the world is watching and um, it's kind of, uh, you know, you have to do it before that day. So, and you also have to wait for the architect design. So we were working with OMA very closely and they were uh, They were open to all the suggestions that we have, so I think that that what that make uh, really a good teamwork, you know, and mm -hmm. make things can that can work as you were saying, and making that a cool project in eight weeks. So, so once you have the design of the architect, what you don't have is the garments or the dresses from the curator, from the Met. Yeah. So you know that you have to light something, but you don't know exactly what you have to light. Ah, okay. So so we have a lot of requirements in terms of uh, preservation. Mm -hmm. 
So you cannot put more than five wood candles. That it was pretty deep. On the dress, uh, We yeah. didn't know if it was uh, going to be like a small dress or a very big and puffy dress. So um, we couldn't find a fixture that it will work that we could have in eight weeks. So at the end of the day, we decided to do a custom one. What is in, what is uh, insane? I mean, <laughs> I know, because usually it's the op the opposite, right? That like a custom fixture takes much much longer, and yeah, insane. Yeah. So, but the thing is that we didn't have that time, and we wanted to be very flexible. So we knew that we need like a track system, but a track is it was going to be very expensive because we need a lot of uh, bits of um, track. So then we. The picture that we designed, you know, we were like conscious about that as well. So we decided to do it in a Unistra mm -hmm. profile. Mm -hmm. So how was the fixture powered then? So the fixture would sit in a Unistra and it, it, yeah, there was like an insane diagram that I did by hand <laughs> of each feed because each picture was fit individually. Uh huh. Unbelievable. Yeah. And everything was labeled, you know, with numbers and letters to know what thing to, where to plug each picture. Wow. It was crazy, but I think that that, that, that diagram worked really well. <laughs> uh, that's one of the fears, right? You have that diagram, it makes sense, but you know that it's very complicated because we had 254 pictures. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, when you saw that the electrician was plugging everything and it was working, you know, it was like, you create everything works. Because if something didn't work, you know, I don't know where to start trying to find a, you the know, mistake, a mistake. Yeah. Like, so we have to do a custom fixture that where we could uh, dim the fixture itself individually and um, where we can adjust the beam angle as well. Wow. So I remember putting the pictures that I have to do. I had to do that also as well because uh, it was a union project. Unbelievable. So, so <laughs> the electricians, they, they were not happy It was about not it. their job to put the pictures that I designed in the Unistra. Right. So that was becoming a problem at the beginning. So I was like, you know what? We can spend like two days discussing who have to do it. Like you can take like one of these mechanical ladders and take me up there and I will do it. Yeah. So that's at the end of the day, we did it like that. Wow. So when all the fixtures were up um, and this was like a day before the submission. Whoa. Um, Hashtag no pressure. No pressure, exactly. <laughs> and when I was like, where are the dresses? You know, where, where are they coming? So even the night before, they were like putting the dresses. On what? So you were in the night, in the museum, like the day before yeah. the opening. Like, yeah, that oh, was really wow. cool, actually. I mean, I spent like three, four days late at night at the museum when it was closed. So that's another privilege, you know, being in, inside the med, walking around. Of course. Uh, with, without anyone, it was really cool, actually. Of course. Um, yeah, but then, and like, 
it seems like very tightly timed to 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 send in or to bring the dresses like one day before the for the uh, exhibition opening right like because you yeah. need you probably need like i don't know how many dresses there are but if there are like 250 fixtures then you have to aim and and adjust and filter and focus 250 fixtures and that takes time as well right and if you have like a yeah. what is it called like a beam uh, like a beam lift or something or a ladder yeah. you have to go up down up down check and yeah how did you manage doing this in i don't know like 24 hours I think we did that like probably kind of in two days because there were like some dresses that we knew. There mm -hmm. was, I don't know, the people that is listening to this podcast and saw the exhibition. There was like a beautiful dress in the middle mm -hmm. of yep. the ghost cathedral thing. Um, designed and we knew designed that by way. Karl Lagerfeld. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I, that it was a wedding dress for a pregnant woman. So it was really cool. But um, we knew that that was, you know, the main dress of the exhibition. And that was there, like, probably three days before. Um, so, I mean, we have things to work, dresses to work with three days before. Right. But, yeah, even the night before, uh, Michael Bolton, that he was, is the creator of the uh -huh. band, was moving things around. Unbelievable. And there were other dresses, you know, that, I don't know, uh, Kenzo, whoever, they had their, their team and you saw like 10 people moving the dress, you wow. know, with like, it was, yeah. And uh, we were lucky enough to be like around those dresses, you know, and kind of touching them when they didn't watch and <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but after that, that you know, the med is very conscious about uh, keeping the things right. So they came, the, they took light levels. They were like, "Oh, this is too high. You have to put it to five to candles." Wow! And I was like, "It's just a plastic dress, you know." From it doesn't hurt it, yeah. It doesn't hurt, but uh, but uh, yeah. And at, we we talk with Carlaga uh, for. And they, he let us put more light in his dress. What? What do you mean you yeah. talk with Karl Lagerfeld? Well, we, I didn't talk to him directly, uh, but we. Hey, Carl! Hey, Carl! It's Isa. Hey, I just want to check in. Can I, can I put more light in your dress? Yeah. <laughs> no, because at the beginning they didn't let us put more than five wood candles, and um, we were telling them, you know, that it was not enough for that dress. To make exactly to make, it, to, to make it sparkle and to make it shine. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, it's a pity because I saw those dresses with a lot of light, all of them, and they yeah. look amazing. But some of them, mm -hmm. when you have to dim it way down to just met the five foot candles, it's they look more flat or more dull. You know, it's like it's missing a little bit. Yeah, it's missing something. And this one, you know, it was like sparkling moment. You know, you have um. So we talk with with them. And uh, through the mat. And at the end, they were like, okay, if it's going to look better, just do it. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing. And I think that's, that's maybe a good transition. Well, not a transition, but like a good analogy that mm -hmm. like Karl Lagerfeld as being a person very, very high up and the designer of the dress is, um, has still sort of the, the, not the, yeah, the power or the, the hands on saying, okay, yes, we can do it. Yes, we cannot do it. And I think that's a very important part as designer and creator. And that's another 
that's another quality I recognized in you and how you design and how you work and in our conversations that you are very good at um, being sort of on point, knowing what the outcome need to be, being in the in the moment, seeing something, recognizing something, making a decision and then having the persistence to follow through, right? In the same moment yeah. as you said, okay, hey, to the electrician or the other parties involved making the whole project coming together saying like hey in the end it doesn't matter if i go up or you go up but someone has to do it because this is the goal what we have and yeah. to set a goal and to achieve it and yeah then de delivering um yeah uh, an award-winning project um absolutely absolutely fantastic um thank you Did you have uh, did you have other responses of people who saw it um other lighting design friends um What was the response to the to the project? Do you have any any memories from two years ago? Um, I have some memories from two years ago, but not, <laughs> not. <laughs> not from. <laughs> it's, it's getting it's getting worse. Uh, no, I think like all the community, the lighting community was really. I don't know how to say it, but uh, it was. I pray that it was really good welcome. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have a lot of good friends in the lighting community, so they were also very nice with it. And uh, I took also all my other friends that they are not even part of the light because sometimes you do things that they are amazing, but you cannot take people to see what you have done, right? Mm -hmm. So this was this kind of project that you can take everybody, Any, yeah, exactly, anyone to see it. I have a lot of science friends. And I took them there, you know, and they were able to understand what I do for a living, you know, because sometimes yeah. it's hard to explain what you do. So it was a a good a good pride to show to the people that is not even part of the light industry. And then I remember with Francesca, you know, we did a DLF um, DLF and Y event about it, yeah, yeah. And I think it was one of the only ones that he has been in the morning really early. And he was kind of sold out. So so I think it was really was cool. The, Because uh, when you when you do one of these events, you are like always like worried, like, oh, maybe nobody's coming. And you know that people also go for the wine and cheese. <laughs> so he's like, okay, this is going to be at eight in the morning. There's not a wine involved in this. So maybe nobody's coming. <laughs> So, and at the end of the day, it was sold out. So amazing. It was, great. And, you know, it was amazing that the people wanted to see it and hear what we have to say about the project. So yeah, really I think it was very well received. And of course, the Met did a great job spreading yeah. the word about the exhibition. And, and a lot of people, of course, saw it. One point, um, uh, just a minor thing. Um, did you have an input on the materials in the in the space? Because... The, as you have just five foot candle on the dresses, the environment, in the, if, if it would have been in a black environment, and of course, people who have not seen the exhibition, it's like a white structure, mm -hmm. and you have white, I think, fabric, and it's light that the light bounces around and makes the space not feel super dark. Did you, yeah. was there any influence that you said, okay, guys, we yeah. need to... I think that that's one of the cool course of working with people like all me you know mm -hmm. that i think that they really understand what we do and uh they know that they need us you know to yeah. make their space or 
or just to take their idea and make it like real. Yeah, bring it to life. Yeah. So, so I remember in the first meeting they were talking about a ghost cathedral uh, as a concept. You know how yeah. OMA works. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a concept, and uh, they didn't really know how to make it real. Yeah. Um. So I remember that it was part of from Dada's. You know the. The suggestion to make it with Numat, that is what we end up using. Uh huh. So, mm-hmm. Numat is like a mem- uh, membrane. Like, um, it's not a. It's not a fabric. It's like. It's, I think it's a. It's a. I don't want to say plastic, but it's like a. a, yeah. fl- a flexible material that you can stretch exactly. and it diffuses. You can stretch. Exactly. Yeah. So the cool part, and if you interview someone from Numat, could tell you more about this. <laughs> But uh, we needed something that it was perforated, mm-hmm. and they didn't have anything like that at that time. But they did it for the Met, Unbelievable. and now it's part. And now it's part of their, uh, you know, catalog. Why I say and unbelievable I- so often in this conversation is that <laughs> doing custom things is either most of the time more expensive, and it takes longer, and it's an amazing goal that you achieved. Yeah. Uh, making so many custom things uh, in a short amount of time. Well, yeah. I think because we have a good team, you know, and people understood what everybody was doing. So, you know, that part of choosing the material, there was a lot of uh, mock-ups involved. Mm-hmm. I did uh, tiny, beautiful mock-ups with a lot of fabrics. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you show that to the architect, I think that, is a good thing because you're working really as a team, you know, and mm. that they understand that lighting is more than a light fixture. Right. So, so, and we have also, we were lo- lucky enough of having the Met as a client, you know, that let's say the budget was never an issue. Right. Um, and uh, because if we didn't have a budget, to be realistic, you know, yeah. all of what we're talking right now, it could be impossible. Yeah. yeah. But uh, having a good budget, you know, is like, yeah, gave you more freedom to, <laughs> to decide what to do. But uh, I think I it was a great collaboration between everybody. Yeah. And hiring OMA or hiring architects um, that are sort of visionary you already know that the client is looking for something not usual or not like off the off the shelf. So I think that's yeah, yeah a very good point as well. Yeah. Let us transition a little bit back to 2018. Uh, you moved back from New York uh, back to Spain. And mm-hmm. um, what are you doing there right now? Can you share a little bit about your, your design, your practice, um, mm. what you're up to right now? Yeah, well, um, right now I'm still exploring options <laughs> because it's always hard to come mm-hmm. back and uh, it doesn't really matter what you did there in the States, in New York. It doesn't really count that much, you know. People here could see the experience like, oh, you have been in New York, but it doesn't really matter if you spend like one year, two years, mm-hmm. 20, you know. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. So when I moved here, uh, it was in Lighting Europe. That is this uh, Congress, the ILD Europe uh, 
So I went there. It's in Barcelona. It was in Barcelona this year. So it was really close to me. Right. Uh, and it was my first contact with the Europe community industry. You're right. Exactly. Lighting community. You know, I was, I was just, I guess, like you as well, to go to all these lighting events and knowing everybody. Right. And um, when I got the first day, I was like, Hi, Who's these people? I'm Isa. You know? I'm Isa. I'm the people. <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> so, so you know, you have to. I, I mean, I went there because I wanted to know also what what is going on in Europe, mm-hmm. in lighting. In, I think it was a very good uh, first contact because I met a lot of people, incredible people. And then a week after that. Um, in 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 lighting Europe, I met a lot of Spanish uh, lighting designers. Mm-hmm. That is a real small community. I think mm-hmm. there are like twenty three or something like that in all Europe, in all Spain. Sorry, but very tight. So, yeah, they are very tight and close, and I think <laughs> that that's good because they are like fighting all together. They are in the same fight, right? That is making the professional, you know, in Spain something important. Mm-hmm. So. They have an association that is the APDI, uh, and they have a meeting the it, following week in Barcelona as well. So I went to Barcelona again mm, to nice. to go to that meeting and see, you know, I have a very a more closely contact with the Spanish lighting industry. What does it stand for? AP APDI. Is it the right abbrevi- abbreviation? AP- yeah, um, APDI is. Asociación Profesional de Diseñadores de Iluminación. It's you could not have said it more beautiful, Isa. <laughs> I couldn't have said I couldn't have said it. I it's funny that you say it because I realized I I recognize the logo because it's like the shifting of the of the copy, right? It's like the pink logo yeah. and the API is like yeah. sort of shifting and Interesting that you say it, and it immediately pops up in my mind. Okay, interesting. So yeah, amazing. So it's a it's a really good it's a really good community. Yeah, and it's good to know that there's people here who's who's trying to fight for the same things that you're fighting. Right. And uh, they ha- they have the same point of view of lighting, you know. Or so it was great to meet all of them. They were all really nice and super welcoming with me right so because they were also saying you know they were like they were excited also about having someone that is, that comes from the states with another point of view as well you know Absolutely, in, inside yeah. the community because they they have been here always so yeah um, and then I'm working, I don't know, I'm still like finding small jobs, bigger jobs and doing a little bit of everything, going back to the architecture field, um, doing a store here in Oviedo for Bang and... Ba- Bang and Olofsson or Bang exactly. Olof <laughs> B- yeah, I think every each country say it differently, say it in a different way, right? B and so, O, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like interesting things are coming mm-hmm. that maybe I can tell you more in another time. But uh, 
So you're starting. Yeah, things are moving. Mm -hmm. So you're building. You're building your own. You're trying to explore your own practice, your own business, and and. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's the idea to start to. Just because, as, as I was saying, there's not a lot of people who's doing this in Spain. Mm -hmm. So right now, even it's hard to get a job, you know, in right. the light industry. So it's yeah. easier to start your own pra practice than to to trying to find someone, yeah, you know, to, to hire you and pay you. And uh, I think that, again, uh, describes your personality very well. Again, in a way that okay, I there's there is something I want to do, and because it's uh, it, it's much it's of course it's, I don't want to say easy, but it's I just do it my own way because I know this way it works, and I know how how it can work. And coming back to Spain and trying to figure out what to do, and then doing a job for Bang Olufsen is of course um, absolutely stunning and absolutely amazing. And I think that just speaks for your ability and quality of being a designer and and communicator thank you so much um well excellent is there is there maybe we maybe we wrap up with um yeah maybe we wrap up with a question do you have specific things that that inspire you i'm it's uh, you haven't you haven't prepared for the question but are there what things do you look at um, are there other lighting design things that you use sort of for reference, of course, in like presentation decks or like ideas, but are there things, yeah. what you, what, is there anything you do outside of the lighting design business? Like a specific, I don't know, do you read something very specific or do you just like to go to exhibitions or how do you, how do you get your inspiration? Um, I think I find it everywhere. Like I just came, I've been this weekend in, in Dubai. You know, I went to the Guggenheim and uh, I went to the Alondiga to see another exhibition. And um, I don't know, I get inspired by a lot of things and they're not even like light related. But, you know, I sometimes I just see something and it's like, oh, maybe if we do it with light, we can do it this way. My, my mom has a shoe store and sometimes that just seeing like an incredible shoe, I'm able to to imagine, I don't know. A table or uh, or something else, you know. It's like I think design is always very related and very close. Right. So yeah, I remember. I think the first lighting experience that I had it was when I was studying architecture, and I went to the IBAM, that is a museum in Valencia, in Spain, and I went to see a James Starrell exhibition without knowing exactly who James Starrell was, you know. Mm -hmm. I was actually going to see the building, not the exhibition. <laughs> but uh, but when I saw the exhibition, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Long I didn't away. knew that, some, that you could do that with light, you know. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. Yeah, I try to find inspiration in everything. Sometimes I get it really wrong, you know. But it's just it's a matter of trying and... um like a scientific uh, way of approach to the design. Right. I like to describe it, you know, it's like try yeah. a lot of things and sometimes it works, and some, sometimes it doesn't. Absolutely. That's, that's part of the, part of the whole game. Um, yeah. Where can, where can people find you on the internet? Do you have, do you have a specific website, an Instagram handle? Um, would you like to keep your, Yeah. 
<laughs> I was about to say, no, no, do, no, would you like to keep it for yourself and no one can reach you? No, I have a website um, that I have to update, actually. <laughs> but it's called uh, mibanqueta.com. I put the I put it I put it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. And um I have to update it, but uh I think I'm gonna stay with that because my banqueta mi banqueta is like my seating area. Okay. So so it's like, you know, where I wanna put all my thoughts together and put them there. Not even they don't have to be light specific, you know, but um, right. so yeah. If people want to see the latest, uh, the latest and greatest of the Bang Olufsen um, shop, it's in. Can you say again the location where it is and when it opens that people potentially in Spain it's, can? It's in Oviedo, Asturias. Oviedo is the city. Asturias is the uh, region uh-huh. in the north of Spain. Beautiful area. So I invite everybody to come here. <laughs> <laughs> and um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe it's a prayer that it will open other doors that I'm waiting to have a confirmation on that. But um, It's heavily in progress, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I have a really good client who let me design the furniture that they're, they're putting. The lighting, of course, I did the lighting, but it was very easy to do that one. And um, yeah, I hope it turn out well. I think that they are opening next week. Very soon. Isa, yeah. that was very, very lovely. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for sharing uh, sharing your story and the, the way you're on right now. Thank you to you and to everybody who spent this 20 minutes or whatever listening to us. Thank you so, so much. Bye. And that was the fantastic conversation I had with the amazing Isabel. Um, I will put her, uh, I will put her contact details in the show notes, and I will put down the Metropolitan Museum exhibition uh, Manus Ex Machina um, in the show notes as well. You should definitely check it out. I want to say thank you so much for the opportunity that I can speak to you and being part of the lighting design community worldwide. Um, I got so many messages. Uh, absolutely fantastic. In regards to the big shout out and to the special announcement, as so many people are reaching out to me, um, some actually offered or said, hey Thomas, we have uh, positions open and we are growing and we do amazing stuff and uh, can't you connect us? And I'm very happy to help you in the design community. If you are a senior lighting designer and you are looking potentially for something in the San Francisco area, there are two places or in New York, I have something as well. Reach out, Thomas underscore Nicht on Instagram, just shoot me a text. Um, I'm very happy to connect. Okay, now that's the end. Thank you so much for listening. And I speak to you next week. Stay tuned. All the best. Much love, Thomas. Bye.